0: Live. Alright, so to continue from this book, The Secrets of the Eco Stones and Nazca Lines, Chapter 3, called The Stone Peddlers, says Are the engraved stones in Dr. Cabrera's collection authentic or clever fakes? The Lima magazine Mundial declared in an article published in 1975 that the engraved stones were clever falsifications. The article attempted to prove that Dr. Cabrera was purchasing his stones from two peasants living in the Okukaje area. Irma Gutierrez de Aparcana told reporters that she and Basilio Ucucha carved the stones and that they sold most of them to Dr. Cabrera. Irma related that she dedicated herself full-time to the manufacturing of the stones and averaged carving 20 to 25 per week. Basilio said that he had been doing it for 10 years, but for the last two years, he had carved no stones. If Basilio's rate of production was the same as Irma's, then they were making approximately six per day. Irma Gutierrez took reporters to the site and showed reporters where she obtained the stones to carve. Quote, The workable stone came from an embankment some 50 meters high, situated about two kilometers from her house. The reporters say, That they were shown two perforations, each about two meters in diameter and one meter deep, more or less. Irma dug with a pickaxe for half an hour and made a hole about one meter wide and some 50 centimeters deep. Suddenly, she exclaimed, here's one. It was a stone weighing about 500 grams and approximately the size of a mandarin orange. Irma said that they were becoming more difficult to find. What are we to make of the claims of Irma and Basilio that Cabrera's stones were carved by them? There are over 11,000 stones in Dr. Cabrera's collection. It is completely impossible to have extracted that vast number of stones from two small holes two meters wide and one meter deep. Such an enormous quantity of stones would have required an excavation on the scale of an open pit mine. It seems reasonable that they would have needed a vast array of modern equipment, bulldozers, backhoes, drills, and dump trucks. The sheer magnitude of such a mining operation would have left a huge crater. There is no way that such an operation could have escaped detection by the inhabitants of Okukaje. The author has made several trips to Okukaje, and there is a bumpy gravel road across the desert for several kilometers before reaching the remote hamlet of Okukaje. Anyone traveling to Okukaje leaves a cloud of dust, and it is virtually impossible to slip in or out of the village without anyone noticing. There is no one else in Okukaje claiming to have made the stones but Irma and Basilio. The author has interviewed Basilio and his family on four separate occasions. Hamilton Foreman is an archaeologist who has researched the mystery of the Eco stones. Foreman observed that the logistics of a moderate family group carving the thousands of stones and then planning them to be discovered was unlikely. Quote, If one family did this, they must have had an army of elves helping them. Irma and Basilio were arrested by the special investigative police of Peru. They were interrogated and asked if the stones are false or real. Basilio and Irma both made confessions that all the stones had been carved by them and sold to Dr. Cabrera and tourists who came to Ocucaje. It is important to realize that if Irma and Basilio had said that they dug up the stones in the ancient Indian tombs, that would, have, that would make them haqueros. To admit to such a crime would mean a jail sentence in a Peruvian prison. Peruvian prisons have been named among the worst in the world. There are severe penalties for hawk arrows or tomb raiders. Many who go to jail for digging up or selling national treasure treasurers die in prison. Irma and Basilio, Basilio each have eight children, and going to jail certainly would mean a life of hardship for their families. It is easy to see why Irma and Basilio said, Yes, we made all these ourselves. There are also contradictions in Irma and Basilio's confessions to the investigative police and subsequent interview with reporters from Mundial. Irma says that all the stones she and Basilio carved for Cabrera were about the size of an orange. However, most of Cabrera's stones are much larger than an orange. Some are over 1,000 pounds. Basilio said to the police that Dr. Cabrera did not know that the stones had been carved. But when Basilio spoke to the reporters, he said, He knew that you were carving the stones? Well, yes, he knew. I told him that I made all of them. Basilio, in his dialogue with reporters, said, Dr. Cabrera asked me to get him more. This seems to be a strange statement, because had the stones been carved, Dr. Cabrera would have asked to, quote, make me more, not get me more. The reporters, perhaps startled by Basilio, returned two days later, primarily to retake some photos, but ended up interviewing Basilio uchua again Basilio in the second interview refused to say that Dr. Cabrera asked him to carve certain designs on the stones were the stones engraved by talented artisans of our time Basilio and Irma are simple peasants who have no knowledge of paleontology or dinosaurs Eric von Daniken who wrote chariots of the gods journeyed to Ica and Okukaje to conduct an investigation in 1976 Eric von Daniken was at first overwhelmed by the vast number of stones, which was estimated to be 14,000, and the subjects of the stones, dinosaurs and fantastic things, such as open-heart surgeries. The larger stones are covered with such complicated, intricate subjects that Michelangelo would not blush if they were attributed to him. Von Daniken was perplexed by a nagging question. Were some of the stones genuine and some modern forgeries? If there are clever fakes, does Dr. Cabrera know about them? Has he been deceived? When confronted with the question, Dr. Cabrera replied quote, In a village 26 kilometers away, there are forgers who copy the engravings, presumably the engravings seen on the stones in the Cabrera and Soldi brothers collections, and sell them to me, but I can tell straightforward by the subjects which stones are genuine. I mean old, and which are forged and perhaps only made yesterday. In doubtful cases, I have geological analysis made. This author has seen several forgeries. The forgeries on the whole are easily detected. Immediately, one recognizes the fresh, crude incisions made with a piece of hacksaw blade. The subjects on the stone are out of place. For instance, you will have a poorly drawn dinosaur standing next to a coke machine or planes flying overhead. Eric Von Daniken asked Dr. Cabrera to lend him a stone that was guaranteed to be genuine. Von Daniken took the stone and drove to Okukaje to meet with Basilio Uchua. Basilio was asked if he could make a stone for Von Daniken. Only after much haggling would Basilio agree to make a stone. Basilio took a stone about the size of a man's fist, drew lines on it with a pencil, and began to carve on it with the blade of a saw. Forty minutes later, he handed von Daniken the stone with the crude outlines of a dove on it. The stone was not elaborate or well done. It was primitive and unlike the stones in Cabrera's collection. Basilio was questioned regarding large-scale engravings that have complicated patterns like those in Cabrera's collection. Basilio assured von Daniken that he could make large-scale, intricate engravings, but only if someone gave him illustrated papers. If someone gave him the artwork, then he could copy it. Was Basilio the forger, with Dr. Cabrera being the mastermind who furnished the illustrated drawings? Von Daniken estimated that almost every stone in Cabrera's collection was many times larger than Basilio's small imitation. In fact, twenty engravings of the size of the primitive figure that Basilio scratched on the fist sized stone would fit on the average stone in Cabrera's collection. It would take a minimum of 15 hours to produce the engravings on a single stone in Cabrera's collection, not to mention that Cabrera stones are done with outstanding artistic skill and imagination. Von Daniken calculated that it would take a forger 375,000 working hours or 31,250 days. This would mean the forger would have to work 12 hours a day without breaks or interruptions for 85 years to finish the monumental feat. Eric Von Daniken compared the stone that Cabrera loaned him with the freshly carved stone that came from Basilio's hut. In the words of Von Daniken, quote, Right-angled, clean scratches showed on the new stone under the microscope, whereas microorganisms could be seen in the grooves of Cabrera stones under a fine glaze. That was the tiny major difference between genuine and false stones. Ryan Drum, an American biologist, visited Cabrera's museum to carry out his own examination of the strange petroglyphs. Drum wrote about his adventures in the May 1976 issue of InfoJournal. Drum made his way through the congested shelves loaded down with stones and poor lighting and shadows. He noticed even in the dim light the astonishing petroglyphs with strange five-fingered people fighting or at least interacting with what looked like dinosaurs. Drum noted, quote, What bizarre people with pointy tongues and noses, which we begin in the middle of their foreheads, reminiscent of the Mayas who allegedly used chickle putty to extend their nose as if it originated from the center of their forehead. The the fingers are similar to the skinny digits collapsed around the punchy stomachs of Easter Island statues. Ryan Drum brought back two stones to America and did some microscopic studies of them. Quote, I have examined the rocks at 30 and 60 magnifications in a stereo microscope to study the grooves and found no obvious grinding or polishing marks at any other evidence or any other evidence of rotary power tool use in making the five regular grooves. I am not sure how to date the rocks since they are susceptible to potassium-argon dating only if they are in volcanic deposit. If Cabrera is right and the rocks are genuine or as claimed, they are incredibly valuable and should not only be held in awe, but studied thoroughly as products of human intelligence. If they are a hoax, their existence, number, detail, and bulk represent fine combinations of intellect and imagination. Certainly the stones showing dinosaurs and man in cozy proximity create a baffling mystery that needs a thorough investigation. If the stones are genuine and there are serious scientific indications that at least some of them are real, then it ushers in an intellectual cataclysm. This would result in a pedestal-smashing experience for evolutionists and a triumph for special creation. The textbooks would definitely have to be rewritten and ancient man's technological prowess reconsidered. I first heard of the strange engraved stones of Ica in the early 1970s. I was intrigued by periodic reports in obscure journals and magazines of the Cabrera collection. Occasionally, late-night television programs on ancient astronauts or unexplained mysteries contained film footage of Dr. Cabrera and, and the stones. I contacted Dr. Cabrera and corresponded with him, maintaining an interest in the stones over the ensuing years. I have spent years studying the stones, and I've brought back over 20 of them from the eight expeditions I have made to Peru. So that was Chapter 3. I'm not sure if I'm going to have the time or the battery life on my phone to read Chapter 4, but it's quite a bit longer. Let's see. I think I might just stop there and proceed with this later because there's definitely more out of this book I want to read. So anyway, that's chapter three of uh, Secrets of the Eco Stones and Nazca Lines. I'll definitely be continuing this later. And thanks for listening. All right. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track of time. <gasps>